2: and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, back here for segment number two of the Steelers Blitz, right here on Steelers Nation Radio. And this is a perfect time to remind you that this episode, along with every episode that you hear from us, is always in podcast format. You gotta sing it out there every once in a while. But it's a simple concept, man. Wherever you get your podcast set, I'm talking Google, iTunes, Apple Play, whoever else, Spotify, your cousin, my cousin, my mom, your mom, wherever you get it from, just make sure you type in Steelers Blitz so that way you can be subscribed and you not miss out on any of this content, baby. Commercial free, on demand. Just the way that you like it, baby. All right? Once again, that is Steelers Blitz, and that's Blitz with a Z, because that's the way that West likes to spell it.
0: That's right. Just like Zamboni.
2: Yeah, and Zinc, And Zoo. And Zoolander. And Zoology. And Zimbabwe. Yeah yeah hold on yeah. I
0: my man said zoolander that's the first timer there i think
2: <laughs> i got time for you today i got forget time the, for you today forget the zebras we're going straight to zoolander hey, baby hey, i can't going that's, going right the zoolander let's go
0: that's the that's the that's the winner right that's the yahtzee right there i can't i just gotta yeah, stop
2: after that i can't yeah, that, that's that's that. I dropped that one like, oh, he means business today. Oh, he means business today. <laughs> oh, he's for real. <laughs> like when you he's sit, it's like when
0: you sit up when you're when you're playing like a Madden with oh, your boy, yeah. Absolutely. and you, go, you go down fourteen <laughs> points or something, and you're like, all right, hold on, hold on, one second here. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta sit up and uh and really start trying now. That was that was good. I'm impressed.
2: Seriously. <laughs> but um, before we had winter break, man, we were obviously uh, reacting to uh to Larry, uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers signing Larry Ogunjobi on a uh, one year deal to uh, come here and ultimately, man, replace Stephon To it, man. But um, as we continue with this conversation, a couple of things, man, that we wanted to talk about even more so, right? Because we know when we talk about to it, man, he filled a ton of shoes. He filled a ton of roles. Yeah. We knew that he was that true three-down player, the guy that you don't take off the field unless he is tired. And we've acknowledged that, hey, yes, Larry is a really good player, but Larry hasn't proven that he's capable of that caliber of play just yet. So how does he fit in? To me, I think that he is the leader of this rotation that we're going to be experiencing. I just wonder how long it takes for him to get 100% healthy. And also, what does the development of a DeMarvin Leal look like as well? Hmm. Just the timing of everything, because to me, he's the dark horse. DeMarvin Leal is the dark horse of this thing. Because it's like, we know who Chris Wormley is. We know who Isaiah Loudamilk is. We know they're both going to be really good players. They're a part of this rotation. We're not double guessing that in any capacity. But as I go down that list and I start saying, I'm like, man, okay, Montrevis-Adams, all right, how, how familiar, how similar are those two guys? And we like Montrevis. We thought that he did some really good things, Tyson Alawalu included. And I'm just like, man, okay, I feel like those two guys, They're they. we know their role. We know they're going to have – a certain level of participation on the defense. But DeMarvin being the rookie, he's the intriguing part because he's very athletic, but he's raw in the sense of NFL play. And we know he's bumping inside full time, which is different than what he was playing when he was at Texas a and right. So when I look at him, I say, man, if it takes him longer to develop early on, well, yeah, man, I think that Larry, right out the gate, carves out that role, really develops what we want to have from him. And then we just, you know, go ahead and reap the benefits of that throughout the season. But I wonder if DeMarvin picks this up sooner rather than later, who starts to get their time cut down a little bit. Because to me, Larry, it's going to be hard to keep Larry off that field, man. It's going to be extremely hard to keep him off that field.
0: As you just said that there, I'm having like Melvin Ingram flashbacks. Oh, no.
2: Oh, Um, no.
0: Oh, no. Um, But you know what? I'll, I'll say this, it would be a good problem to have, right? I mean, relatively, as opposed to oh, without a
2: doubt it would. Yeah.
0: be be working guys in and out the uh, for the other reason, because no one's emerging, because yeah. no one's kind of taking those reins. Um, right. I'm very intrigued by that, too, because you would think, okay, DeMarvin Leal, probably going to, I mean, yeah, he's going to get snaps week one but you also don't want to throw him to the wolves right away. Correct. Uh, Correct.
2: Yeah. Especially if he's not ready for that,
0: especially if he's not ready for that. And then there is obviously there's the caveat of the unknown of, okay, well, what if Ogan Joby is 70% healthy week one,
2: right?
0: Yeah. 80% healthy week one. And maybe you want to have him on a little bit of a snap count, a little bit of a pitch count Mm -hmm. for the first, for the first three, four weeks of the season, just to make sure you're not rushing him, just to make sure you're getting him back and completely healthy. And obviously for, you know, Listen, every game in the NFL matters. That's why we're so crazy about it. But, you know, December and January matter more than September does. Um, Certainly. You know, I think we can all agree on that as well, too. So that's – you know, that's that's an interesting question, man. That's one of the things that I'm most excited for to play out in training camp. You know, we – We've talked a lot about how competition feels like a theme for this team. You know, you made the mm-hmm. the you made the astute observation during OTAs. I think there's only two guys on this uh, on this um, uh, on uh, outside. I believe you said outside of uh, of Minka, TJ, and Cam that the only mm-hmm. other guys the only other guys who should be secure in themselves heading into this camp or heading into mm-hmm. camp are Chris Boswell and Najee Harris. So, That's it. That's I mean, it. Everybody
2: else is open season.
0: There, there's competition all over this roster, and we know the quarterback position is going to dominate the majority of that because that's the nature of those prom kings, mm-hmm. and we haven't really had that in Pittsburgh for for two decades. But I think this defensive line conversation is just as interesting because you've got the rookie and the unknown wild card there that is DeMarvin Leal. You've got Chris Wormley coming on. Hey, he had seven sacks last season, all right? Chris okay, Wormley. Now. Chris, Chris Wormley isn't go, going mm-hmm. quietly into the night or not thinking that he mm-hmm. has a chance for this as well, too. Isaiah Loudermilk wants to show that year two improvement. Mm-hmm. Montrevis Adams wants to show that he's not a practice squad guy, that he belongs like he showed last year. Mm-hmm. Good problem to have. But I think you're Tyson, right. Tyson Walu still
2: in Tyson, that mix. Alu-Walu. We know Kim Hayward. I mean, yep. that's what six, oh, seven dudes right there we just named.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so because of all of that,
2: that's, I, I, I mean, we thick in there. We are thick, thick in that it's, D line. It's,
0: it's good. Like it's, that's, that's, I think uh, one of the areas, you know, we've talked a lot about depth at certain positions too. I think you got to feel a lot better about that on the defensive line. Uh, certainly as well to me though. I think you nailed it. If, if all these guys are, are, are playing well, I do think that it would it would come down to Ogan Joby and Lial for the majority of the of the you know cuz it will be cam it'll be alu alu right as kind of right. the cemented spots I think they'll use warmly in pass rush situations but it feels like L- Lial and Ogan Joby are going to kind of be the two kickers there the two wild cards the two big yeah. you know what's the what's the ceiling what's the floor and that would be interesting because you'd have the more accomplished guy in Ogan Joby, the guy who again is going to be hungry this season to prove that he was worth that money that the Bears originally wanted to give him, that he wants to reset his market and you know get a nice payday again after this season. But we also know how these teams operate too, Mozi. If it's the guy who's mm-hmm. on the one-year deal and is. Not your own draft pick and not your own guy. Yep. Versus the rookie who's younger and cheaper and mm-hmm. and and more cost controlled down the line.
2: Well, and, and it's a guy you that you that want to, to develop too. Exactly. Yeah, because that's One the of guy own. that they want to develop. That's homegrown. That is. I don't want to be biased, but I'm biased. Right, right. <laughs> we know that's how it goes. I mean, and that's just human nature. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is the context in terms of what Larry does have to compete against. And realistically, outside of Wormley. I mean, a lot of those guys are homegrown. We know Alu Alu technically isn't homegrown, but he feels homegrown just because of how the Steelers have received him. Yeah. You know, and and, and his role on his defense and things like that, man. So, no, it's going to be interesting. But for me, healthy Larry, I don't question any of this. Healthy Larry, I feel extremely confident. It's just the unfortunate timing of it that we don't technically know what version he's in right now. Not saying that he won't be – you know, 100 healthy at some point in time throughout this season. We just don't know if that's in August or if that's in October. That's just one of those things that we're going to all have right, to wait right. and see, and, and as things develops. But I think that the coaching staff has to feel that it won't be a two it situation in the sense of, hey, we don't know if he's coming back.
0: At it least won't they be that. That's a great point. I bet you they yeah. have an idea if mm-hmm. they think he's going to be ready week one, or if they think, all yep. right, more realistically, it might be October, they probably yes. have they probably have that outline in their mind already, which yes. you're right. And I think that is, money-wise will show that work as with well. That. Yeah, exactly. You can work mm-hmm. with that more than you can just the unknown that, that was the Stephon yeah. Tewitt situation.
2: Yeah, and like I said, we're not trying to make, you know, the two the situation a more negative than what it already right. was because yeah. we know what it right. was. But in the sense of an open-ended We don't know when a guy's returning versus, hey, this guy's a month away. That is tangible. That is, I can plan for this. That is, I can say, okay, these first four games, well, we're going to start with Wormley. We're going to make sure Loudomuk is heavily in the rotation. And we're going to sprinkle some of this DeMarvin Leal and see what he looks like. If he can handle more, we'll expand. But we know once we get out of these first four games, we have reinforcements on the way. Mm -hmm. that's the answers that they did not have when it came to it. That was the answer they did not have as pertained to Zach Banner. And these are some of the things that I'm glad is changing in a sense. Yeah. When you talk about uh, the Larry move, but we're going to get that information. Like I said, whether the Steelers come out and say it, whether it's us visually seeing it while he's practicing and what capacity that is at training camp. And also I think the money of the Mm -hmm. contract, when we get those details out, if that number is high, if that number is flirting with eight, nine, yep. Well, trust me, he's gonna be out there sooner rather than later. Correct. If that money's three, four, five, all right, he's gonna miss some time. Right. That's just the reality of it. Because You're absolutely they're not gonna right. pay him, they're not gonna pay him what his market value would have been if he's not gonna be able to give you at least 14 games, 15 games. If you feel like, yo, I only got this guy for 10, maybe 12 max, well, yeah, I'm not paying him full price. Correct. You're gonna pay a discount. You're gonna, rate get, that on pro, that. You're gonna get that prorated uh, rate there. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we, they put the little extra sticker on that on the on the that's on the, right. on the one right. you drop. That's Just right. say, "Hey, damaged floor model." Boom. Hey, 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 buyer beware. All it's right? in the sell, It's in the seller's disclosure. All right. No, no, no. no. This it sells final. All sales final. No take back. <laughs> no, that's that, that, that's the part for me you're that I missed right. to
0: see. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's a that's a great point by you. That. That number that whenever those contract details do come out, whatever that number is, I think will be a very good tell. You know, um, they won't be able to poker face that one in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of how much they expect him to be be available. I did pull up here too, Motzi, um, his snap counts, his percentages over the last mm-hmm. four years. Okay, you ready for this?
2: Yep. Yep. Let's um, talk about it.
0: We'll, we'll leave his rookie. His rookie year, he played 32% of the snaps, right? He wasn't a normal yeah. starter. You know, he was a rookie, all those things. But since then uh, – Well,
2: 60- first off, I, I, but but I will stop you. I'll just say this, man. 30% of snaps as a rookie is still a good amount of snaps, That's, especially when you're talking about an interior D lineman. That's not a good. position where it's glamorous. That is not a position where, you know, you're, you're going to be put in a position to make a ton of plays. Right, so it's right. hard to stand out. It's hard to build up that – That football equity with your team for them to trust you even more. So thirty percent of snaps as a rookie is still not bad. And he was what third? third, He was third round draft pick, right? He was. Yes, uh, I believe so.
0: Yes, yes. So thirty two percent, yeah, as a rookie. And you know what? When you put it that way, you're right. Basically, one out of every three snaps he was on the field. Yeah, that's you know that that is that's a good that's a good starting point. Uh, Last four years: sixty eight percent, sixty three percent, seventy seven percent, seventy nine percent. So pretty you know well well over 50 percent, obviously uh and and all those you know some years close to 80 percent there all those other years at least you know two-thirds of the snaps um you know while playing some special teams as well too in there a few special team snaps as well so i think you know again when healthy you can expect this guy to yeah he's gonna leave the field but he's gonna be a, a a big contributor he's He's not, um, you know, like maybe, I don't know, one of of those guys that we, that was, you know, we talked a lot about this with Jordan Davis, right? Leading up to the draft. Yes. yes. How how much can he really be on the field? I don't, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that with Ogan Joby again with obviously the caveat of health. We all know that's the big kicker, Um, but that's, that's the
2: outlier for him right now, right now because of the foot injury. That's it. I mean, prior to that, there was never conversations about, hey, what's his physical conditioning look like? There were never conversations about, hey, is he a guy that is going to play with enough effort to stay out on the field and be warranted a nicer contract? Those things were never in the conversation with Larry.
0: He played almost eight hundred yeah. snaps last year, Tony. Totally. Mm-hmm. So he's, I mean, he he's 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 one of those guys I think who, again, this could all fit really well. I mean, it really could. You could have the skill sets mesh with him and Liao and with Wormley, whereas you know, hopefully, you obviously have Cam and Alu Alu. Loudermilk gets into the equation as well too, Mm -hmm. and then that's. I mean, that's really what you want. When you look a lot of times, the best defensive lines in the NFL, right, are the ones that trust five or six guys can rotate those guys. Your your boy butts, Keith Butler has talked about a lot how, mm-hmm. you know, he wants his defensive lineman fresh and ready to go in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, yep. when it's when it's time to go out there and, and shut the door, go make some plays and win the game. This is how you accomplish that is by having five or six guys that you trust um and that can can rotate, can stay healthy, can still be productive and then you know you get to the fourth quarter and Cam Hayward isn't gassed and hopefully you've got a mm-hmm. hopefully you've got a uh, a 4 point lead and the other team has to throw the ball and you can pin your ears back and go get
2: some quarterbacks yeah without a doubt man without a doubt now the other thing that I like about uh Mr. Larry okay is I think he fits what we like to call the steal away On the field, he's a tough guy, baby. Oh, baby, yes, yes, yes. He's into the shenanigans. He never backs away from a fight. Um, I think one one D-lineman might say that uh, he doesn't run away from the smoke. He runs towards it. He wants all the smoke, you know?
0: he does. That he does.
2: (laughs) But I'm saying that to say this. Yes, he does have a history with a quarterback on our roster by the name of Mason Rudolph. For those that don't remember, he was a part of the Thursday night fiasco. Uh, Miles is that what we're, Jack- that what we're calling Garrett, it now mason rudolph yeah 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 he, he he happened to be involved in a little little, little touchy-feely with, with man mason rudolph they had a little sharing of words and things like that but in all seriousness though man i'm sure people are asking man what does that dynamic look like um as a player right when you have a quarrel or, or some type of issue with an opposing player And then you guys become teammates. How does that happen? Like, what happens? Is the hatchet squashed? Is there a beef? You guys go out to the back. You close the door and say, hey, man, fight for whoever wins, gets the roster spot. Like, what goes on with this thing? Well, the majority of the time, man, it is a non-issue. It is as simple as, you know, we leave it as, man, this was a football thing and that is that. And most of the time, guys walk away and don't even address it even more from there. You'll have people that'll joke about the situation. But I think at the end of the day, with both of those guys, Larry and uh, Mason, I think they're both mature enough to have a conversation about it, if need be. But I also think that it could be a scenario where they just move on from and say, hey, either the moment you were riding with your guys, I was riding with my guys. Because it wasn't Larry that initiated the altercation. But Larry did come over to assist one of his teammates. Being a guy who's been in altercations on behalf of his teammates before, (laughs) I can understand that feeling, man. I I definitely can. And I've also had the luxury of having an interaction with guys that we've had situations with from the Cincinnati Bengals during that time frame with Berthick and stuff like that. And a lot of times, man, when you have these conversations, man, you laugh more than you think about – you know, beefing or fighting because you realize how similar you guys were, how similar you you sure. think, the common sure. interests. And then also some of the misinformation that gets put out there publicly versus, you know, what we know on an intimate level. So it's those type of things, man, that to me, I always feel like make it a non-issue. I, I really can't think of a time where we've brought in a guy, whether it was in Pittsburgh, whether when I was in Buffalo or even in Arizona, where you brought in a guy that, you know, play for an opposing team where two guys have personal issues and you brought them on the same team and that spilled over, that carried over. A lot of times, man, us as professionals, we realize, look, if we want to be MMA fighters, we can go be MMA fighters. We're football players. <laughs> if we want to be gangbangers, we could go get out the NFL and go join a gang and do that. But that's not what we are. So this whole narrative or notion that, hey, man, we just go walk around and fight each other every single day because we had an issue in a game a couple of years ago is just not realistic. So for all those that may have been concerned about that, I would just say, get you some deep breathing. Everything's going to be all right.
0: (laughs) And I, I I like how you, uh, how you stated that too, because you are the half of this show with a decade of NFL experience. So I, I might know a
2: little something.
0: you know, it's funny. I was, I was talking with our buddy, Chris Carter, and he was asking me about this too. And I was like, I mean, this would obviously be a better question for Arthur Motes because I'm sure he's been in these situations in the locker room where guys who previously didn't like each other, whether they had beef in high school and then they ended up going to the same college, whether they had beef in Mm -hmm. college and then they ended up on the same NFL roster, whether they had beef in the NFL and then ended up on the same roster, whatever it may be. These are competitors. These are athletes. And I think you said it perfectly. In these team sports situations, you're going to ride with your guys in the heat of the Mm -hmm. moment, I think everybody, that's Right, one thing. wrong, and
2: indifferent. You got to ride what you got. I think right, that's one thing,
0: you know, most of the people listening to this show, even if they never really uh, played a high level competitive sport or anything, you know that feeling of just standing by your people. And you know that feeling of in the heat of the moment when things escalate and everyone gets angry. And sometimes you do some things that you just regret too. Like that can be as simple as this too, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I know a lot of people have pointed out, oh, Oga Joby blindsided Mason and it was a punk move and all these things. I don't disagree with any of that, but a lot of people who play competitive sports at a high level have those type of moments. Maybe where they lost their cool for a second.
2: And, well,
0: a lot and, of people in the real world have those moments
2: to too. <laughs> yeah. I to say, and I would go as far as to say this. Yeah, when we go high inside and want to critique it, oh, was it yeah. a punk move hit from the back? Sure, you can make that case, but being a guy who's been in them situations, it's not no punk move. It's called I'm riding with my guy, right, wrong, right. and indifferent. We're winning, you're going to lose. I don't care what you say afterwards, we're gonna be on the winning side of it. Right. And that's how us as you know athletes we view it. We don't even break it down to oh man, that was a cheap shot, that was this, that was that. It's like nah, especially in those moments. You yeah. did whatever you needed to do yeah. with your head. Cause what you supposed to do, wait. Oh, let me let me wait to hop into this thing. Cause hesitation. When you look in that locker room, now they're going to be looking at you a whole other way if you hesitate. the mm-hmm. same. So in those situations, like I said, right, wrong, and indifferent, you just have to go with them. And I think that's what Larry did. And that's why for me, like I said, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue going forward. I think they'll joke about it, especially Coach Tomlin. He's one of those guys that he leans into those yes. moments. He yes. will address the elephant in the room while the elephant is still in the room. That's what he's going to do. That's what he'll do, man. And then from there, man, everything will be fine. But I did want to just address that yeah. beforehand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, but um, before I'm, we I'm go glad, to break, man, I'm glad you. I'm glad okay, you okay. did too. No, I was just gonna say, I'm glad you did yeah. too, because there, you know, that's one of those things. Like you, you've got the experience. I mean, you played, you played college ball. You played a decade in the NFL. Like you've clearly been in some of those situations. These yeah. people are professionals. These people, you know what, That yeah, he might have been riding and dying with Cleveland that night, but now he's in the black and gold and he's riding and dying with the Steelers. And you know what, if there was a fight or something that broke out this time around, he'd have Mason's back. That's mm-hmm. just, that's that's how these things work. These guys are adults. They're professionals. It's I I don't expect that to be an issue at all. And I think you're right too. Mike, Mike Tomlin, the perfect guy to kind of break that ice as well.
2: Yeah. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But um, before we go to break, man, I did want to bring up uh, something that we did have. Um, we lost an NFL brother uh, this uh, today, man. Um, tragically passing uh, Jalen Ferguson, outside linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens, 26 years old, uh, was reported, um, had pa- reportedly passed away this morning, or excuse me, sometime last night, early this morning, man. Um, a lot of details are still being gathered and stuff like that. But obviously we know, you know, us facing him in the division, I mean, this is a good player, a young player at the time, man, three seasons in, but was, you know, in line to take off for Baltimore, man. The way we're excited about Alex Highsmith in some capacity, that's, you know, the similar yeah, sentiment to yeah. how they felt about uh, Jalen, man. And I even think about him from a collegiate standpoint, how they would call him the sack daddy, being yeah, that he did yeah, uh, oh, his, he, his he collegiate numbers were crazy. All-time. Yeah, the NCAA all time sack record uh, for his career with 45 career sacks. I mean, that's insane. Being a guy who had a lot of sacks in college, that is insane, man. But I uh, definitely wanted to just, you know, pay respects to him passing, man. Anytime you lose an NFL brother, division uh, guy, a guy that we know intimately because we see them. We cover them twice year and stuff like that, man. Like I said, it just sucks to see that happen, man. But, you know, definitely just give him a little bit of, like I said, acknowledgement for that, man.
0: No, I'm glad that you, I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. You know, Baltimore hurting in the same way that the Steelers organization has been over the the tragic loss of Dwayne Haskins. You know, it's, it's rivalry. It's all that stuff. But in moments like this, it's much bigger than football. Um, yeah, all the best to him, to his family, to the Ravens organization and all his teammates. And, um, this you know it, it's it's sad how sometimes these things work Ferguson actually Arthur Motes his first sack in the National Football League was against Dwayne Haskins when he was still in Washington uh sad that both of those guys are are gone too soon uh so yeah certainly I'm I'm glad you took the moment to do that all the best to his family and and all the best to his teammates in, in the Ravens organization
2: yeah without a doubt man but um when we get back man we will be going to a Talk about some more uh, Steelers football, man. Uh, we had a wide receiver, former wide receiver. Oh, actually, no, excuse me, current wide receiver, man. You know, getting back in the headlines, but this time for a positive okay. reason. Or could it be negative? But either way, we're going to react to it, baby. And as always, this is Arthur Motes and Wesley Ulla on Steelers Nation Radio.